0: The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is university lecturer and public relations expert Evadne Campbell, MBE. Hello Evadne. Welcome to my podcast series.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: So what have you been up to recently?
1: Well, in this unusual situation that we all find ourselves in, I seem to have been, uh, I'm working at home and I'm working on my computer quite a bit, thankfully, but I'm also cooking and baking. So that's my thing these days.
0: I'd love to see if I can come round sometime and sample some of your baking.
1: telling you, baking isn't my thing, but I've learned. But today I baked pineapple and carrot cake Last week it was a banana and coconut, so we're getting there, you never know.
0: So Evadne, where did you grow up and what was it like?
1: I was born in Jamaica, in St Anne, and I grew up in St Anne before I moved to the UK at 11. So, and I was born right in the country of St Anne, right up in the hills, And uh, stayed there till I was eleven. Then moved to this country and grew up in Gloucester. So I've had two very, maybe very different youth. Although Gloucester being a country probably wasn't quite as removed from from St Anne in the Hills. But you know, I grew up in a kind of really carefree, happy-go-lucky life. I was a only child, brought up by my grandparents, and so. You know, I have very, very fond memories of my time in Jamaica.
0: So did you go to school in Jamaica or here in the UK?
1: Primary and infant school in Jamaica. And I came here just in time to start secondary school in the UK at 11. So
0: how was your time at school and what were your favourite subjects?
1: Actually, I love school. I was always a good student, so I've always enjoyed school. Even when I was in Jamaica, I I loved school, and I was very fortunate that I always did well in school. My grandparents, you always felt like if you came anything less than second in a class, and even when you came second, it was never good enough. So I've always been very not competitive in a, in a nasty way but i always tried my best because i was always conscious of wanting to be good and wanting to, to succeed. And in my secondary school here, I went to what then were a secondary modern before the comprehensive system came in place. And I was really lucky because I was in a very, very mixed school with lots of other black, um, it's a girl, all girls school, but lots of other black girls. And in Gloucester where I grew up, 90 plus percent of the black community were from Jamaica. And they were either split between St. Anne or or St. Catherine, which means that the families knew each other. So I had a really, really happy school life as a school prefect. I don't know if I had any special subject that I particularly loved because I just liked, stu- I liked um, studying. I think if anything I didn't like was geography. I really did not like geography and I don't know why. But every and, and certain types of maths, of course because I always felt that learning trigonometry and all that kind of stuff I don't I didn't see the point in them but apart from that I you know I had a really really happy I don't recall disliking school or having any problems in school at all.
0: I understand you attended university. What subjects did you study
1: Well my first degree I did at what was then Cheltenham and Gloucester um, higher I think it's now called Gloucestershire University of Gloucestershire or something like that but it wasn't it wasn't university status when I did my degree and I did business and finance but I specialized in kind of human resources because I really loved all all my life I've liked people and I've liked learning and working with people and so most of although my degree final was business and finance a lot of what I did were the human resources aspect of business and then I in later life much much later when I career I went to Barr University in Birmingham and did a postgraduate degree in broadcast journalism.
0: While you are a lecturer at Bedfordshire University, what subject do you lecture on?
1: In I do two universities at the moment. At Luton in Bedfordshire, I teach the radio production module and that's with the second year Journalism students they they're, they they are doing a whole series of media-related degrees, and the ones that then have radio module as one of their subjects, I deliver the radio production training. And London at the University College London, which is University um, LCC, so it's London College of Communications. I do a PR training with the students who are doing their master's. So there is a part of their their media relations uh, master's, there is an element of public relations. And I teach them the area of public relations and radio interviews. So from a PR point of view, kind of working with with the radio and also radio interviewing.
0: When did you become involved with public relations or PR training?
1: Wow, yeah. Um, That's really interesting because I used to present a radio show for BBC covering the southwest of England. So that was broadcast through three radio stations, BBC Gloucestershire, BBC Bristol and BBC Wiltshire. And that was a a magazine show. So it's aimed at the black community across those regions. And it was a music and speech show. So I used to do a lot of the, the publicities with events that were happening all over the country, black music events particularly. So the, the promoters would come to us, come to me to do interviews with artists who were on the shows or just to publicize the shows. And so what happened was, Apart from the stuff I did as the radio presenters, sometimes they'd come and ask for help in doing PR for their events. And I used to do that on a a part-time basis, just helping out. And it was really more of a hobby because I enjoyed the music industry. And so I used to do that. And when I moved to London in 2001, I used to work with, particularly with ARM events promoters and one day he kind of said you know you've got to do this properly you've got to set up a company you've got to set up a PR company so we can do this properly and uh, my daughter who by then was working in PR she she did a communications degree and was working for a PR company and had then moved down to work for BBC on its music station the um One Extra so we both started working together doing this PR stuff so I was doing it more or less just so we could have extra holidays to be there it was very much a case of okay well we'll do a couple of events a year and it gave us some money and then we could have extra holidays but I realized that I was really enjoying that aspect of work just really doing the the public relations, because it kept me doing the media stuff, which I was doing with BBC as a journalist, but also it kept me working closely with the community and particularly the black community, which, which is my passion. And then on top of that, I was promoting particularly, we were doing music events. We did some huge reggae events right across the country. And so in 2012, BBC had been doing this whole um, program of redundancies over a number of years. And then in 2012, I just thought, you know, if I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it again. I really need, I'm getting older. If I'm going to change my career, then I have to do it now. And I asked uh, for redundancy. They they agreed and paid me up, so which meant I knew I could sustain and support myself whilst I tried to build the business. So I left the BBC full-time in 2012 and started working full-time running a public relations company. And then what I that that stage is when I decided to add the training aspects to our business because I felt that as we were so specialist in terms of the PR that we did, we wouldn't be able to to financially sustain us as a company. So I did a a training course to become an adult trainer and added media relations to the business. So we did PR and media training. And in 2013, we formally launched the company in public relations and media training.
0: So what type of clients use Shiloh PR services?
1: Well, we as I said we started off really focusing on events PR, but that has changed. And we used to do a lot of music events we have done huge music events at uh, Wembley from gospel events to reggae concerts. We did the One Love Peace Festival. We've done huge soul um, events. But what has happened is that because our specialist is in getting access to the African and Caribbean community, so what we specialize in is saying it doesn't matter who you are as a client, if you have an event or you have a product, but you want to reach the African and Caribbean community, you want them to know about your event and your product, then that's where we come in. We um, specialise in working with grassroots media outlets, as well as pe- mainstream, because obviously that's where my experience lies. But we strengthen our our arm by being, by having an awareness and not just awareness, but a relationship with grassroots Black media outlets. So we, last year, we were working on the promotion for an independent film called Hero. Which, we, which had a UK-wide tour in October and in June it did six cinemas in, in, the, in London and we worked on that. So we were the PR company that, that was responsible for the whole of that. We also did PR for the launch of the Black British Theatre Awards. And we're also the PR agency that does the Amazing Women Awards. So it's really, really the core is about who you're trying to reach. And therefore, if your your need is to get the information out to the Black community, then that's where we come in. Um, But we we do seem to have been um, more and more pushed towards doing any event are aimed at that community so yeah we we I, you know we've also done pr for people who are publishing their books so it's as varied as that to be fair
0: well that sounds like quite a diverse client base that you entertain let's step into the in conversation time tunnel you received the honor of an mbe back in 1995 what was that for
1: <laughs> well that was the official title is I have got an MBE for services to the African and Caribbean community in Gloucestershire. So I used to, when I lived in Gloucester, I was I used to do lots and lots of voluntary work. I worked with doing, you know, I set up a charity. I used to pretty much sit on every committee there was looking at equality. At those times it was called equality. It, it wasn't called diversity and inclusion as it is now. It was about equality and that kind of stuff. And so I literally used to sit on, was one of the, any committee that you went to that were trying to look at how the, how they support the black community, then you'd probably find me on it. And so it was just, it. that's what I got it for, is for my voluntary work within that sector in Gloucestershire. And that's a long time ago, and it's before, before I kind of even understood the significance. To be fair, I I've never... Fully appreciated what it meant until till these latter years. To be to to be honest, I've had it. Like I said, since 1995, I was one of the first black person in first black woman in Gloucester to have been awarded it. So I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. I, apart from the fact that my family and I could come to Buckingham Palace and collect it, to me (laughs) it was just a medal, and 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 it was put down in the drawer and I never looked at it again and I never did anything with it. And you know, but as I am in these last kind of years, since especially since setting up in business, I've used it more, in as much as it gives you access. And it means that people may listen to you who wouldn't have listened to you before. That's that's about it. To be to be honest, I don't. I I think I was my community were probably more impressed with it than I was at the time.
0: Has there been a particular life experience you believe changed you as a person fundamentally?
1: I don't know that there's any one life experience that's changed me. I've been I worked with it, and I w- use that word work loosely because it's not paid work it's voluntary work but i've worked within the black community since i was 16 years old i've started we start as one of a group of young people young teenagers who started the first youth club in gloucester and i've volunteered through you know, doing that from then to setting up a charity, to working towards getting um, support and, and, and facilities for our elders in the community. And for me, my joy, and I say joy with the greatest sense that you feel it as deep down as you can, is when I'm working with, when I'm around people. I love people. And I think that's where I, that's shaped me. And I, and I look back at it as an adult now to wonder why do I get so much pleasure from volunteering and from working with people and i think it goes right back as far as I can remember when i was about a young toddler my grandmother was i suppose nowadays people would say that's what she did because she, you know she's 104 now and it's only in the last less than 10 years since she stopped going to clean her church And as a toddler, she used to take me with her when she was doing things like cleaning the church and she'd go to the hospitals and visit the sick and bring food. And I remember just, I think so when I do anything and I give back, I think that's where it takes me to. So I remember, and even as I'm talking to you now, I can visualize myself skipping around at the hospital while my grands there visiting the older people and everybody fussing about as a little, as a two, three year old, everyone fussing about how, cause my grandmother's a seamstress. So she used to dress me in these pretty little outfits and people say, you know, fussing about me. And I think that's where it comes from. I honestly think I, when I do anything like working within the community and people, people show appreciation in some way or acknowledgement in some way, it takes me back to, to then and how I felt. You know, as I, I I think you know, a few, three years ago, I underwent surgery for breast cancer. And I know for some people doing, going through something that's life changing, they, it changes them and they'll say, oh, now I value life more. And, and I'm having gone through that I that has shaped me and made me appreciate life more because I think I've always appreciated life. So I can't, honestly, I know that doesn't necessarily answer your question, but I can't think of one specific incident that has shaped my life.
0: Well, everyone's different. I mean, sometimes life is a process, isn't it? You have various Mm -hmm. experiences as you go along the journey of life. So what other interests do you have?
1: Okay, well, I cook. I love cooking, and I'm always experimenting with food. I read. I'm a, I'm, I'm a reader. I think that's the that's my the things that I do that are not work. Because work for me it isn't work. I love what I do. I wish you paid me more. You know, I mean, as we all do. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't we all? Don't we all? Exactly. But, you know, when I'm working on a project like last year when we were doing the film screening, it was wonderful just going to the screenings and seeing people enjoying the film and being, I love my job. I love what I do. I love working with people. I just wished our community, our people would would understand how important it is for us to I mean, in what we do in terms of the public relations, I, I started doing that because I wanted our people to have exposure to the media. I wanted our people to see their stories in the media and to get publicity and exposure for what they were doing, because I know how important and how influential the media can be. But so I just wish our people would understand the value more, you know, so when I say to people you need PR, it's not because I can't. You don't have to use me because I can't help everybody, and I'm and I've always tried to be very, very honest. I will never take on a job that I don't think I can do. But I think you need it because a lot of us are languishing behind in what we're doing because we're not willing to invest in that promotion of ourselves publicity getting exposure for what we do I, I i mean i remember recently tesco's or one of those well-known brand place promoted these new brown plasters that they were doing and and someone i know who runs a pr company noted that how many years ago she was working with someone from our community who had come up with this idea but because they refused to pay for her to do the job she dropped it and now you have the big old brand like tesco's going on like they're the first ones to come up with that concept and idea we need to invest in our business because i want us as as a people to be building building these legacies why shouldn't we be building huge business why should we we be happy with little corner stores why don't you want a supermarket Why don't you want a whole chain of supermarkets? And the people that have those recognize the value of marketing hear our publicity our people don't so I do love what I do and I do as you know and I'm sure you do we all all of us were trying we do so much free because our people just want everything free but we know (laughs) that we want them to benefit what we do don't we we all do we want our people to grow and we put so much effort into it and I wish we would value what we have because we just, I, I mean, my job, I, I'm, I work from home most of the time, from when I have to go out to meet clients and stuff. But I, I, tr- I don't even sell what I do. God bless everything and thank God so far all our work has been through recommendations and through through follow-up and, you know, we've, we've not had to go out there and, and sell what we do. Maybe if I did, I would be earning the money. But, you know, I love what I do. And I think that's what gives me the greatest joy.
0: So, Evadne, how can people contact you?
1: Okay, right. Well, you can contact us via social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. And it's Shiloh, spelled S-H-I-L-O-H, PR. So Shiloh PR. Um, unfortunately, I can't even say the website at the moment because we were hacked and the website had to be taken offline completely. So we're rebuilding it and God willing, within by the end of the month, we should be back up online. But at the moment, we're on all social media platforms, just Shiloh PR and you will find us. And of course, they can email contact at shilopr.com and get hold of us. But literally, if you go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we're there. LinkedIn. And of course, if they they find me, Evadne Campbell, PR, and we're everywhere.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time, Evadne.
1: Thank you. No, thank you very, very much. And I really appreciate the fact that you felt that I had... A story i can i can tell and i wish you and anyone who is listening you know throughout this awful pandemic that we you know we come through we come through stronger and greater than before it looks like we're going to be here for quite some time thanks so much nigel and i really appreciate the opportunity
0: you're most welcome take care now thank you Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.